He's like many of us, mired in the routine of upward mobility. But all that is about to change with an unexpected trip to a place called Cleveland. <laughs> a romance with a girl named Beverly. He's my and an adventure beyond the imagination of the average duck. The duck's a lunatic! George Lucas presents Howard the Duck, a Willard Hike film, a Gloria Katz production. Rated PG. Now at select theaters, check newspapers. Welcome to So What's the Problem, which we rewatch movies from a year to determine if they're problematic by today's standards. I'm Jimmy. And I'm Jen. Today we'll be discussing Howard the Duck, which was released in the US on August 1st, 1986, and in the UK and Ireland on December 12th, 1986. It was written by Willard Hike and uh, Gloria Katzen was directed by Hike. Uh, it stars Leah Thompson, Tim Robbins, Jeffrey Jones, Ed Gale, Jordan Prentice, and the voice of Chip. Zane? Zion? Zane? Zane, I think. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't, I'm really bad at that. I'm really bad at guessing. Yeah, no, it's pronounce. okay. I didn't check how to pronounce Chip's name, so yeah. Okay. I, I learned how to pronounce Willard's name, but not, <laughs> not Chip. So what's going to happen is this, Jen and I have thought a few problems this movie has, three each, and the positive. <laughs> and we'll have a discussion about it. In this film, based on the Marvel comic book character, Howard the Duck, is suddenly beamed from Duck World, a planet of intelligent ducks, to Earth where he lands in Cleveland. There he saves rocker Beverly from thugs and forms a friendship with her. Friendship, quote-unquote. She introduces him to Phil, who works in the lab with scientists... No, he doesn't. He's a, well, he does, kind of. Um, with scientist Dr. Jennings. When the Doctor attempts to return Howard to his world, Jennings instead transforms... Transforms? Instead transfers an evil spirit into his own body. Uh, do you have any history with Howard the Duck, Jen? Yeah, I well, I don't know. Um, I know I saw it when I was a kid, and I have this memory of watching it too much, like getting in trouble because I watch it too much. Right. But this memory is, I remember it being at my grandparents' house, and one, I don't think my grandparents would have let me watch this. Right. And two, they never took me to rent anything. Like, I didn't own it on VHS, and they never took me to rent anything. Mm-hmm. And three, they didn't have cable. So I think I'm mixing up my memories. I think I might have only seen it once or twice, but like I'm confusing it with something else in my in my brain. Yeah. I also have a bad memory associated with it because I remember um, when I was like 20 and I was dating Dylan, I uh, Valentine's Day, I got in one of those like little miniature radio flyer wagons and I filled it with like a bunch of different things I thought he'd like. It was very sweet. And one of them was a VHS copy of Howard the Duck because uh, it just seemed like something he would have watched a lot when he was a kid. Yeah. And when he when he saw it, he was like, "Ugh, Howard the Duck, really?" And then when we watched it, he was like, "This is terrible." And it was he was really shitty about the gift, uh-huh. and it was a sign. And we broke up a month later. <laughs> so I associate it with with that too. So this is this is Dylan, your current husband. Yes. That you broke up with, but you know, I, I assume you got back together we did. because you have a child. We did, together, so. but, uh, <laughs> yeah, so I I associate it with one a memory that I'm not sure is real, right? And two a really shitty memory. Yeah, yeah. So that's my history with this movie. 
that's just how did that in a nutshell, though, isn't it? <laughs> so um, my my memory is I don't know if I saw this in VHS or not. I know for certain that I sat up and watched it when it first aired on British TV. So that might have been the first time I saw it. And according to the BBC Genome Project, which I've talked about before, it's basically it tells you every single time something was on the BBC. And it's got like all the schedules from the Radio Times, which is which was the BBC's um, TV guide at the time. Now it has ITV and all the other channels. So someone has taken all these magazines and all the BBC listings and put them all into the BBC Genome Project online. So... Um, According to that, it first aired on BBC BBC One, Saturday the 21st of December 1991 at 10pm. And I would I was 15 then, so that's maybe when I first saw it. Over here it was also known as, it was known as Howard, a new breed of hero. It wasn't called Howard the Duck because maybe people didn't know the comic. But then again, he is a duck, so why not just call it Howard the Duck? Yeah. It was strange. Um, and I never read the comics. Uh, I was a Ghost Rider and Punisher guy. It's it's not a good movie. Right, so let's just get into the problems then. And it's my start. And my first problem is uh, duck boobs. I, Why is that a thing? I said it classier. It's my very first note. It just says duck nudity. <laughs> and by- well, I could have said... I couldn't say duck tits, but I decided to go with duck boobs. By the way, I make these notes at work while I'm watching it, like, and don't worry, I'm doing work while I'm doing it, but I, you know, I make the notes, and at one point, Mm -hmm. I left to go run an errand, and when I was gone, I was like, I really hope nobody, like, goes by my desk and looks at my notebook that's sitting there open, where it says things like duck nudity and Satan sluts biker gang. This is a sleazy movie. It is. I don't know why I was allowed to watch it when I was a kid. If you weren't indeed allowed to watch it when you were a kid. I'm gonna guess I'm gonna guess I'm wrong about watching it at my grandparents' house, and I'm gonna guess that my parents did not watch it with me. Yeah. Although knowing my dad, he would have just thought the duck nudity was funny. I can't talk about something else because it will go into my second problem. But why do the female ducks have breasts? Because it's just puppets with like fake breasts on them. It mm-hmm. just looks like these ducks have fake breasts mm-hmm. because they don't look natural. Yeah. So why would ducks have fake breasts? Why would they go to have surgery to have fake breasts? So we are, we we have to believe that these that these female ducks actually do have these breasts, mm-hmm. and it makes zero sense. Um, I used to watch um, the Nostalgia Critic mm-hmm. on YouTube before he got stuck up his own anus and thought he was much better, much more you know entertaining and funnier than he actually is. <laughs> I used to watch him and he did an episode on Howard the Duck and he did the joke of whenever they would have, they would show that like the breasts, because you see duck breasts twice, mm-hmm. duck boobs, um, and then it would be like the, the, the TV show Duck Tales, mm-hmm. so it would be duck tits, mm-hmm. Ooh, oh my god, that joke is actually pretty fucking hilarious, mm-hmm. I wanted to do it here but I couldn't because it's his joke, so you know, I'm not going to steal from Nostalgia Critic, but it's your first problem. Well hold on, like just talking about the duck boobs and stuff, I just want to point out George Lucas thought this was going to be a huge hit. Yeah. Like, he built Skywalker Ranch thinking, like, this was going to help pay for it. Mm-hmm. What is wrong with that man? Yeah, it didn't even make back its money. He was uh, he was very sorely mistaken. My God. Because he loved the comics and thought, you know, uh, yeah, I would I would go and see this movie. So other, other people will go and see this movie of a character that no one's fucking heard of in 1986. So why not? So I guess my it's really hard to narrow it down to three problems. Um... 
I'm having some 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 trouble with it. So I may just end up going into a bunch of the other problems later, just because they're tiny. Um, but speaking of tiny, the tiny condom in his wallet. That's my second. Problem. I have. That's what it was. Yeah. I have two problems with it. One, you. Mm-hmm. Um, like especially since you know, I mean, even if you're not, I don't know what the marketing for this movie was, so I don't know if they were marketing it towards kids. But you have to assume that this movie is going to be a movie that kids are going to want to see because it's a duck, yeah. right? And that joke, that's gross. Mm-hmm. But also, it's not in the wrapper. It's not in the wrapper, and that is not safe. Mm-hmm. This is this is that American Pie thing again, where I'm like, can we not? That's not... Like, if you'd had it in a wrapper, it still would have... The joke still would have worked. Yeah. But it just... I saw that, and I was just like, this is this is a time of AIDS. Yeah, I mean, good for Howard for actually having a condom in his wallet. You know, he's practicing yeah. safe sex. But it is open. It's out the packaging. It's just oh, it's so. And I, I, I would like to hope that people aren't watching Howard the Duck and like using that for like their safe sex advice. But it's still it. Oh, it's just irresponsible. <laughs> oh, I can't handle it. That goes towards part of my f- first problem is like the anatomy of these beings. It's like the women have boobs, and the men clearly, obviously, have like human penises mm-hmm. whereas ducks in real life have corkscrew penises they don't have the same anatomy as us yeah but why does he have an open condom why is it open why yeah. is it out of the packaging in his wallet it's probably no use now it's just it's mm-hmm. probably dry and blech and you know it makes uh, yeah yeah <laughs> so that's my second problem so we're you know we're already uh, two problems and so what's your second problem <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to fold a couple problems into this problem. Yeah. When people see him on the street and they're reacting to him, I don't understand it cuz why you would just assume it was somebody in a costume. Mm-hmm. Even if it's not Halloween or anything, you would just assume it was someone in some kind of costume. But then also the woman at the diner, she thinks it's a kid in a costume, but she's also going to serve him a beer? Yeah. Like I I I guess it one it bothers me everyone's reaction to him that there aren't more like more people just being like nice costume or whatever. But two, mm-hmm. why is he not reacting to humans? Yeah, exactly. He shouldn't know what humans are. Humans are as foreign to him as a walking, talking duck is to humans. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he's just cool with everything. He accepts everything. And it, and I get it. Like the audience are the ones who are going to find him weird. Like they don't, they're, I don't know. It feels like there's, there's no thought put into the reality of the situation, which I know is stupid because it's Howard the Duck. But in my mind, I'm just watching things being like, that's not how it would be if this happened. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we're supposed, we as like us watching the movie, I don't think we're the ones that are supposed to find him strange because we meet him first. Well, but we, it, it's more that we know how weird it would be if we saw a duck in real life. But it's like, yeah, there's no thought about what the duck would feel. I know. No, no, I understand that. But I think we're we're actually eased into the appearance of Howard and the fact that he lives in a world full of... He has a copy of Play Duck. Yeah. And it has a nude duck on the front with duck boobs. And it's it's very strange. Well, and don't you think that his his planet is a little too obsessed with the fact that they're ducks since the word duck is in, like, almost everything? Uh, Yeah, exactly. Because he has a, a... and the aforementioned wallet, he has a card for Blooming Ducks. Yeah. Instead of Bloomingdale's. And it's like, 
why is that a thing? Because we don't call it blooming humans. Mm-hmm. So why is it blooming ducks? It makes no sense. It's just like ducks just put in everywhere in their planet. It's like, yeah, we get it. You're ducks. It's not fucking... That's very egotistical. Well, and it's another reason why I feel like they don't know what audience they're going for, or they just think the audience is stupid, because that's the sort of joke that works with kids. Mm. Like, I'm sure as a kid, I thought it was hilarious. But as an adult, I'm just like, that. that's silly. It doesn't make any sense a lot of the time, though, because, like, they, um, they've got a poster that's, like, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm-hmm. They call it Breeders of the Lost Stork. Mm-hmm. It's like, why is it Breeders of the Lost Stork? They can still be the Lost Ark. They're not... Because... Indiana Jones isn't looking for a bird, or he's not looking for a human. So why is it a stork? It makes no sense. This 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 is not a movie for people like us who think about these things too much. Because I'm watching it and I'm like, no, really, everything on this planet is exactly the same as Earth except duck. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have the same movie, like. And I know that it's it's just a joke. Like I shouldn't be thinking about it so hard, but it it that that's how I think when I watch these things. Yeah. And it doesn't it doesn't really work for me. Also, I got a little confused at first when I saw the movie posters in his house because all the ducks look exactly the same. So I was like, is he the movie star? Yeah, because the one for Indiana Jones does actually look like Howard. It's it's weird. They all kind of look the same. Yeah, it took me a minute to realize that he, that wasn't him in the movie. I mean, why not do that? I, that? That's not Howard in the comic. But why not do that? Why not like make him a famous duck? Mm-hmm. And then that also goes to like he's famous in his world but in our world he's a nobody and you know a walking talking duck (laughs) all ducks walk (laughs) he has arms Mm -hmm. instead of wings oh by the way i'm looking at my notes and there's a note that just says barf and i'm not sure what that was in reaction to but i just wanted you to know that at one point my reaction to something was barf it could be anything in the first 30 minutes of the movie, oh, really. Oh, this is towards the end. This is, like, in the second half of the movie. I can tell. It may have been them about to hook up. I don't know. But I wrote barf. Yeah, okay. So my my third problem is the performances. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, we can blame the director for this, right? Mm-hmm. But everyone in this movie is over the top. Over the top in their facial expressions, but also their delivery. Mm-hmm. They've probably been told it's a comic book. Who cares? The scene where they're sitting in the diner towards the end in the third act, every time Howard says something, Beverly's sitting next to him and she's going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, ah, uh, mm-hmm. Shut up! Yeah. You don't need to react like that. It's not a cartoon. Initially, they wanted to make this a cartoon. The, the writers actually envisioned this to be a cartoon. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I can see that because they didn't see how they could make this in live action. I think the best performance is actually Chip Zine mm-hmm. or Zine who play who voices Howard the Duck. Yeah. Him him and um uh Crystal the Waitress <laughs> who serves him in the, the diner because she's adorable. Yeah, she's funny. Yeah. She's probably the best before, human performance in it. She actually reminds me of a of a server I know. Um at well it's really? a girl, I, I mean I know her well, I haven't really talked to her very much, but I know her from the bar I go to, but she she's yeah. a waitress at the restaurant near my bar i've had her as my server several times and it reminded me a lot of her especially like the way she she looked a lot like her too oh really yeah yeah she's really cute she's good she's sweet yeah because she doesn't she's not part of the crowd when everybody's like round about um and uh tying howard down and gonna kill howard she's not there Mm -hmm. she she hides 
she doesn't have any anything to do with that. She's not part of that. And I like that because it makes her, you know, one of the good humans in the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that she just she just bolts, she just runs out of there and goes and hides and then turns back up later and runs away. That makes me like her even more that she's not one of the, the baying crowd trying to kill Howard. Uh but yeah, performances are all just it's Tim Robbins. What the fuck? And we've seen things that Leah Thompson did around this time, and she's much better than this. She's in Back to the Future the year before this, for fuck's sake. You're right, it's probably the director, because I feel like yeah. th- there's something about her performance where I get the feeling she she's not blowing it off. Like, I don't think she's half-assing it. No. I just think that she's getting bad direction. She's, like, being told to go over the top. Yeah. But I never... Because sometimes you watch these things and you're like, oh, this actor thinks they're better than the material. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's the issue. No. I, I think she was really trying. Yeah, I think everyone is trying. That's the thing. I think everyone is actually trying to give a, a, a sort of semi-decent performance. I think everyone's trying. But they're trying to give, a, they're trying to give the wrong performance. Mm-hmm. They're trying to give the performance that they think that this movie deserves. Mm -hmm. And I think that if everyone just sort of toned it down a little, then at least it would have been more bearable for me. Mm -hmm. Because when we first meet Tim Robbins, he's just so over the top. I just want to punch him. Mm -hmm. Even when they are flying and he is is with Howard on the little hand glider airplane thing. I can't remember what you call those things. He is shouting to the police, help, help the duck kidnap me and stuff like that. And it's like... You know, you're supposed to be his friend at this point. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was my fur problem. What's your fur problem, Jen? Um, oh, God, how do I choose? I guess we'll say the chase scene was too long. It was a really long chase scene. Mm. This movie needs to be 20 minutes shorter. Oh, yeah, absolutely. An hour 50, far too long. Far too long. That's, which, like, now that's nothing, but, like, back in the day, that was actually quite a bit. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I think I think the chase scene was too long. Like the ending just seemed to go on forever. It did. Um, like I kept thinking it was over, and then there would be a whole other thing. Yeah, I was getting bored. Like looking at my notes, I have more notes for the first thirty minutes that I watched a week before. <laughs> yeah, and I think a lot of that is because that was more interesting than everything after that. I remember a lot of this movie because sometimes my memory is just really good when it comes to remembering certain things, right? Like certain movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hadn't seen this movie in maybe a couple of decades, but I remembered a lot. And there was a bit where Jenning, Jenning goes to the, with the Dark Overlord inside him, Jenning goes to the nuclear power plant. Mm-hmm. He gets more power. And I was like, right, okay, I remember this bit. Um, the movie's almost finished. And it still had over half an hour to go. Yeah. There's still sort of movie happening during the ending credits as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I was like, oh, fuck's sake, this is going on too long. Going back to what I was saying about the performances, there's a scene where Beverly Howard and Jennings are in a car. And it's when Jennings is realising that he is getting taken over and he's getting his insides eaten out and he's getting formed into something else, mm-hmm. right? Because the Dark Overlord has taken over him. He's trying to explain that to them. Every single line from those two other beings in the car, I want to say people, but Howard's not a, pe- a people, mm-hmm. he's a duck. Every single line from them is a one-liner. He's saying there's something inside me and it's like, oh, what did you have for lunch? Oh, we'll stop at the bathroom. Day, day, day. <coughs> it's like, fucking, everything has to be a one-liner in this movie and it's terrible. Well, and that's like him trans- that transforming. I was like, well, that, that pedophile is actually doing some decent acting here. 
and mm. that he like when he's transforming i thought he was actually doing a decent job there yeah and when you see pedoph- pedophiles actually you know doing good acting that's when you know you say me it's a solid actor why 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 is he locked up but he wasn't really locked up was he was he not i don't even remember <laughs> no well, one other thing I wanted to say about the acting is I wonder how much better this movie would be if everybody were playing it, like, straight. Like, mm-hmm. if you watch the Marvel movies, there's so much about the Marvel movies that would be so silly and ridiculous. If it weren't for the fact that mm-hmm. everyone is just playing their role straight, they're just acting to the best of their ability, they are playing as though everything is normal. Like, there's no there's no over-the-top, like, even when you watch those movies, and there'll be, like, some Academy Award-winning older actor there, and you're like, you know they don't give a shit about this. They're still really good. Like, people are, st- mm-hmm. like, one thing is, you know, you know Gwyneth Paltrow probably doesn't give a shit about those movies, right? But, like... She doesn't care. But she's doing a good job. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing that's impressive to me about those movies, is it, it feels like everyone is really doing a really, like, it's just doing a good job. And I'm just wondering, like, had they been directed to just act, I guess, a little more naturally and to just, like, do good acting instead of, like, over the top, like, oh my god, Ducky! Like, yeah, maybe, maybe it would work a lot better. Yeah. Like, Robert Redford probably didn't even know Marvel existed. He, he didn't give a shit. But he still gave a good performance. Yeah, I think he did it for, like, his grandchildren or something. And, I mean, you've got, like, Michael Douglas and... I mean, they, they still try. Yeah. Oh, well, I, I was just thinking, I do wonder about Michael Douglas. Like, I was thinking more the actors like Robert Redford or Glenn Close or um, Anthony Hopkins. Like, the people who are in mm-hmm. these, like, much smaller roles. Mm-hmm. And then I'm just thinking, like, Michael Douglas, he signed on to something that is much bigger where he is required to be in more movies. And I'm just kind of like, what's his deal? Because sometimes I'm surprised whenever I read interviews with these people and it turns out they actually just like, they actually really, really wanted to do a comic book movie. Mm -hmm. Like, is Michael Douglas just doing it for the paycheck? Or does he actually like, does he like the movies? Like, what's the the deal with him? And Michelle Pfeiffer. Yeah, and Michelle Pfeiffer. I don't think, well, she's done comic book movies. That's true, that's true. Well, one. Yeah. No, Michael Douglas is a weird one because I think he's just that age in life where he's just like you know what fuck it i'm just gonna do anything now because he not only like robert redford didn't do publicity or anything you don't didn't see literally see greg close do publicity for guardians or whatever you didn't see these people going out and doing all this sort of thing but michael douglas did that freaking advert with paul rudd when they were doing the spoons and doing the ants thing he did all that shit Mm -hmm. he did he went out and he went out and talked about the movies, you know what I mean? He did the touring and all that, and he was loving it and everything. And I think he's just... Maybe it was just fun for him. Yeah, I think he was just having a blast, really. I think Michael Douglas is just having fun with these movies. That makes me happy. Yeah. Well, because it's one of those things where people who signed up for the first handful, like, even if they understood it was going to be big and they were signing up for, like, nine movies or whatever, that I they still couldn't really know what they were signing up for at the time. Like even signing up for nine movies when you're just Chris Evans or something Mm. at that early point, you're like, they could just be thinking, will this actually even happen? Will all these movies actually happen? But at this point in the game, you know what you're signing up for. Yeah. And you know, if you sign up for that many movies, you're doing that many movies. Yeah. So the people who sign up for it now, it's really interesting to me. Like, I'm always just curious. I'm like, is it, if, if it's somebody like Michael Douglas that doesn't necessarily have to take an Ant-Man, right? Like, why are mm. you, is it the money? Because I'm not going to blame you if it is. Is it the money? Is it for fun? Is it, like, what, what, 
Why? I think it's just for fun. I don't think Michael Douglas needs the money. I think it's just fun. Tower well, of the Duck, you look at that cast and it's clear, like, I mean, these people, even, whether they were excited about the job or not, you know they took it because they needed a job. Yeah. Like, Leah Thompson and Tim Robbins, they n- needed a job. Mm-hmm. It's Tim, one of Tim Robbins' first movies, yeah. He was an unknown at the time. Yeah. Whenever I see someone like him, like, whenever I watch an early movie like this, I always just kind of imagine that it, even if it's, like, an embarrassment for them now... I just imagine them being a young actor and getting that call and being so excited that they got this movie that's supposed to be really huge. And like, Mm -hmm. I've heard enough stories about actors early in their career that uh, I just I like to think about that moment that even if it seems stupid now, like that was probably really, really exciting for him. Yeah, this movie was also quite a big deal. I think Mm -hmm. maybe some people were like, you know, this is the first Marvel movie DC had released the Superman movies and Supergirl, Mm -hmm. uh, which we have covered on this podcast. There hadn't been a Marvel movie released in cinemas up until this point. There were serials. There was Captain America serials. Mm -hmm. There was Japanese Spider-Man. The pilot to the American Spider-Man TV series was released in cinemas in some countries, but it was made for TV. And you had a Japanese anime of The Tomb of Dracula which was a Marvel comic about Dracula. Uh, that was in 1980, and that was the comic book where Blade was introduced, mm-hmm. um, but Blade was not in the anime because they didn't get they didn't have the rights to Blade, the character. Um, but then this was the last American theatrical release uh, of a Marvel movie until 1998 with Blade. Oh, wow. Okay. Because the... Punisher from 1989 starring Dolph Lundgren wasn't released in America. Um, it was released in Europe in cinemas, but it was never released. It went straight to uh, VHS in America. So it was this, and then it was Blade for American cinema goers or Marvel movies. So have you said your third problem? I did. It was the chase scene being too long. Quite like the chase scene because of the stunts. Obviously. It just went on like, so yeah, long. It does, go on far too long. it does. It does. It absolutely does. Um, like, I, I actually kind of like the chase scene, too. It just, it was too long. Um, yeah. But I just want to quickly just go through a few tiny problems to get them out of my system. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, at the beginning, he's sleeping and Leah Thompson uh, touches him while he's sleeping. That's creepy. Actually, a big problem I had watching the whole thing is I was thinking, okay, so this duck is a person, right? Like, on his planet, this is like a normal person who, like, looks at play duck or whatever. Yeah. And I'm just thinking... I know he looks like a duck, mm-hmm. but as a single woman living by herself, right. you're going to invite this man, because that's what he is, right? Essentially, like, like man, man yeah. duck. Yeah, like, you're going to invite him into your home? Yeah, that strange person. Yeah, that creeped me out. To be fair, though, I mean, he is, like, three foot tall. So you could probably just punt him down the stairs that's or out true. the window if you had to. He looks sturdy, though. That's true. Um, yeah, because he's, he has thick legs. He has like human legs rather than yeah. the thin duck legs. Yeah. Where do his clothes come from? He wears different clothes. Like at one point he's wearing pajamas and a robe. And all of his clothes, not only is he wearing clothes that seem to fit, but they all seem to have the place in the back so his like tail can stick out. Yeah, tail can. Yeah. Well, he says that he stole clothes from like Baby Gap or something. Oh, does he? Yeah, but that doesn't explain the robe. Because why would they steal the robe in pajamas? Because he doesn't know how long he's going to be on Earth. So, and he doesn't like carry them around with him. Mm-hmm. 
So he doesn't have the pyjamas with him when he says that he stole clothes from the Gap. I, I don't think anyway. So he's... When, no, he doesn't actually. So when he's in Beverly's um, apartment, does she steal clothes for him? I don't know. Maybe it's off a t- stuffed toy or something that she has? No, I had a lot of questions about that. Wouldn't you find the nickname Ducky kind of offensive? Yeah, because that's... I mean, that would just be like him calling her Rumini. Womany. Womany or humany. Neither of us put in our problem the romantic stuff. I was I was hoping that you would. I was hoping you would. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The romantic stuff is I mean, let's face it, right? Leah Thompson in this movie is the love interest. Mm -hmm. And that is weird and gross. Well, when she's talking to him about like kissing him and stuff and like he's getting nervous, I honestly I cannot tell if she's supposed to be like into him or if she's supposed to be fucking with him i think then she's fucking with him but the way it's played it's really hard to tell yeah it goes on a little too long i know because there's also the the fact that she comes in with just wearing a robe and you can see that she's she are underpants Mm -hmm. and she doesn't seem to care that she's like this in front of this strange being um so maybe she's like she doesn't under at that point maybe she doesn't understand that he is, you know, a human male, not a human male, sorry, a duck male who has human male needs. Yeah. So she is just wearing what she usually wears in her own apartment. And to her, that he's just this little duck, just this pet that she says at one point. Because if not, then she's parading herself around on purpose. I don't think that's the case. I think she's just wearing this because that's what she wears in her own apartment okay. but she's clearly having an effect on him mm-hmm. i don't understand why but she's clearly having an effect on him so yeah it's very very strange maybe so uncomfortable because she knows that i mean after when he falls asleep she knows that he fucks right because he has a condom on his wallet yeah so yeah fun for all the family hmm <laughs> This movie is incredibly sleazy. Yeah. Because, right, well, the first time we meet, the first time that Beverly and Howard meet, she's almost, she's getting sexually assaulted. Yeah. She's, you know, it's two guys are attempting to sexually assault her and Howard saves her. Well, she also saves herself, but because she kicks her ass as well. But, but yeah, it's, it's just gross and horrible. And, and it also shows how the 80s were because I'm watching it and I'm like, horrified by the stuff i'm seeing at the beginning like with the play duck and the satan sluts biker gang and all that stuff but then i think about other movies in the 80s and it's like i was also watching adventures and babysitting all the time and there's a whole little storyline about playboy there yeah if you look at these movies from back then it's like there's so much nudity and there's so much just like talk about sex and talk about porn and all sorts of stuff that like Mm -hmm. It was just normal then. So it made, like, like I said earlier, like, I couldn't believe I was allowed to watch it when I was a kid. But then, you know, I said, I think my dad would have just laughed at the boobs. Yeah. I'm not letting my kid watch this movie. But I think this was sort of marketed as a family movie. One that you can go and see with your kids. Like we've said before, it's the 80s. Yeah. It's just, the 80s were fucked. The 80s were wild, man. Seriously. Because it's, it's one of those things where, like, as I got older... And older, I really, like, started to understand the things in these movies. Mm -hmm. What the fuck was going on? And for Xander, with the stuff he's watched, the stuff he's going to understand when he gets older, 
isn't nearly as bad. It's it's more subtle. Like I was telling him that there are a lot of jokes in Shrek that he wouldn't understand. Mm-hmm. He was like, no, I think I get the jokes. And I was like, no, honey, there's a lot of jokes you're not going to get to your older. And he was like, I don't know. I feel like I got them. And I was like, dude, there's like a ton of penis jokes in that movie. And he was like, what? <laughs> because like all those Lord Farquaad jokes, like he's just not going to get that for at least a few years. Well, Farquaad's, Farquaad's name is Fuckwad. Yeah. If you say it a certain way, it's Fuckwad. I remember I worked at the video store when it came out on VHS. I, I rented it and brought it home and watched it with my dad. And I remember being horrified. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Dad, these jokes in this movie, this is a kid's movie. And my dad was like, kids don't get the jokes. The jokes are for us. The jokes aren't for the kids. They're not. It's, they're just going to go over their head. And I was like. Oh, oh, I guess you're right. But still, but it's but it's like those things are way more subtle than what we had in the '80s, where it's like, yeah, I even Heather's like I saw it when I was in eighth grade, and I got most of it, but there were still a few things that I didn't understand at the time, and yeah. that I that later I was like, oh, that's dirty. But the thing, the difference is though that a lot of the movies in the '80s that were aimed at family audiences, that they would also have like swear words in mm-hmm. them. This movie doesn't have any. I'm quite surprised there's no like nobody says shit in this movie. I don't think that could be a George Lucas thing because he doesn't really have a lot of swear in these movies. Yeah, but like you would have like a joke that that adults would get, but then someone would also say shit mm-hmm. or Jesus Christ or something like that. You don't get that in Shrek. Mm-hmm. The very first people that Howard meets is a gang of people, and they take him into the bar. They take him in a bar. Mm-hmm. And the bouncer grabs him and says, no kids. And then he proceeds to chuck Howard out the door and into garbage cans. So that guy, for all he knows, he's thrown a child out of a building (laughs) (laughs) into garbage cans. Apparently people in the 80s didn't didn't like children and and served them beer and threw them around. Yeah. People didn't give a fuck about kids. I mean... They clearly didn't if they released movies like this aimed at kids, mm-hmm. aimed at family audiences. It's fucking wild. Crazy, the 80s. Um, right. So, my positive, and I do have a positive, Jen, is the theme song by Thomas Dolby, mm-hmm. um, because it's kind of catchy. Mm-hmm. Thomas Dolby was known for the song She Blinded Me uh, With Science. Mm-hmm. It's actually Leah Thompson and the Freak yeah. Other girls who sing the song. It's them that's doing it. And I think that's great rather than like have someone who, you know, to double over. Mm-hmm. Um, but he said that because they were inexperienced, none of them really sang like professionally or anything, that he had to sort of work around their limitations. He doesn't say it in a negative way. Like there were certain things they weren't going to be able to do as singers because, you know, certain uh, like uh, notes they weren't allowed to hit because of the you know, limitations of their voices. And I just thought that was fascinating because he also choreographed the scene at the end with the wrong, you know, the, playing the guitars and stuff. He choreographed all that. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that was great. The rest of the movie is shite. So I'm just going to have to say the theme. Well, I, and I want to add to that that I actually think the music in the movie is really good. Like the, the songs that her band plays, like I buy it. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't have expected that with a movie like this because sometimes you watch a movie and there's people who are supposed to be in a band or something and the music just sucks and you're just like, why mm-hmm. would they be, why would anybody show up to hear them? But I actually thought the music for, for Cherry Bomb was good. Because they're all, they're all written by Thomas Dolby. He did all that and he was like a, he, they were written by a professional 
<laughs> songwriter, which is a good thing. Uh, and the score was done by John Barry, who is probably well known for doing James Bond movies. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, what is your positive, Jen, if you have indeed thought of one? I guess I'll say, um, what was his name? Chip Zine? Zine? Yeah, the voice. I think yeah, he was Howard good. is good. Like, I think, I think I liked the performance there. And it's like, I liked watching Howard. I just, everybody else was so over the top that it was, it was hard to watch them. But I did, I did like his performance as Howard. Yeah. Earlier, when you read out the people, you read out, it was Jordan Prentice and uh, Ed Gale. And those are the two people who were in the the suit for the majority of the time. Um, Prentice was 13 years old and he was obviously a little person. Mm -hmm. The reason that there was two people is because Jordan would do the stuff during the day and because he was only 13, they they had to have someone else do it at night. So all the night shoot stuff is Ed Gale and the stunts because Ed Gale was a a little person stuntman and that's I thought I would I would put those two people in you know the cast uh, that you read out at the beginning because I think that was important not just putting the voice artist in there but also putting the people the performers of the suit I I agree with you Chip Chip's the best part of the uh, and and uh, what's the name of the actress. Jorley McLean, who plays Crystal the Waitress, <laughs> she's she's great as well. Mm-hmm. Um, she's adorable. Yeah. So let us, Jen, talk about the Razzies. Okay. <laughs> because this movie had seven nominations. Worst movie, worst director, worst screenplay, worst original song, which is blasphemy. <laughs> Razzies, worst supporting actor for Tim Robbins, which is spot on. Mm-hmm. Razzies, um, and worst new star for the six guys and gals in the duck suit, which is not fair. Uh, but there isn't six people in the duck suit. There's two people in the duck suit, uh, and the other four are the puppeteers for the facial movements and stuff. Can you imagine being someone like Tim Robbins, and it's like it's early in your career, you get this movie, and this movie, you can you know his agent and stuff is being like it's supposed to be a huge movie, like it's George Lucas, it's it's gonna do so well, and like people are probably hyping them before it comes out. Like mm-hmm. you're gonna be. Uh, so famous after this, this is going to make your career. And then not only does it do terribly, but you get nominated for a Razzie. Yeah, I mean, he has terrible. He did all right. You know, Tim Robbins did okay. Mm. Uh, he got more roles yeah. and he did all right. But am I remembering that correctly, the Shawshank Redemption didn't actually do well in the theater? Yeah, it didn't. It bombed. So like the thing he's most associated with that now is so beloved, mm-hmm. even that he didn't get to enjoy it being a success when it came out. Exactly. That's a bummer. Um. Anyway, so the movie and the Razzies it actually it won for best movie. Eh, best movie. <laughs> it won for worst movie, but it was tied with Under the Cherry Moon by Prince. Okay, never heard of it. It also won for screenplay, new star, which is not fair. Um, effects, which I forgot to mention earlier. Uh, worst visual effects, and it tied for the worst movie. This was a year, 1986, 1987, that Dom DeLuise won Best Supporting Actress because he was in drag in Haunted Honeymoon. All right. Stay classy, Razzies. Yeah, and they did, the Razzies did their usual Sly Stallone hating thing for the movie Cobra, but Stallone didn't win any Razzies that year. So, you know. Next time, Jen, next week, we uh, it's your pick. And you have picked? It's a... Uh... The 1998 masterpiece, uh, Wild Things. 
And you might think I'm being sarcastic. I'm not being sarcastic. I am a huge defender of wild things. But why did you pick it then? Why did you pick it for this podcast? First of all, I know there's probably a lot of problems. And I know that like, while I think it's a masterpiece, everyone else has a lot of problems with it. So I figured you wouldn't have any trouble finding things. And two, sometimes I just want to defend... I want a chance to defend wild things, some things in wild things. I already know what my positive is, and I never know what my positive is. Yeah. Do you know what your problems are, though? No, no. But I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it in over a decade. It, so it's – and it's right. one of those things where it's like I want – what I hate is when I go back and watch something that I watched when I was younger, and I find problems with it, and I'm like, man, I wish I'd picked this for the podcast. <laughs> and then when we finally watch it for the podcast, for whatever reason, those problems don't bother me as much. Right. If I'm going to watch a movie that I watched when I was younger, I like to save it for the podcast. <laughs> um, with exceptions, there are some movies that I've thought of where it's like, like I, because I had thought about, um, you know, I watched Yellow Jackets and um, I've only seen the first episode of the season, so he hasn't shown up yet, but Elijah Wood is going to be on the season of Yellow Jackets. Yeah, it's an episode two. And Spoiler. Be- be- I, I assumed <laughs> um, because of him and, and Christina Ricci, I thought about doing the ice storm and then I was like, well, we have problems with that. Let's not it's let's not, not do the so. ice storm for this. He's actually in episode one. Oh, his, his voice. voice. Yeah, his voice. I for- yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did notice his voice. But um, yeah, no, the thing with Wild Things is like, I love it and I defend it. But I also know that for years I thought it was terrible. Like there are things about it that I thought were terrible that I now see are actually good, right. which we'll get into. But I definitely know since I thought it was so terrible for so long that I will be able to find problems. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay cool I haven't seen it since I saw it in the cinema in 1998 so I don't think I have any anyway. maybe I watched it again at some point on VHS I I've seen know. it seven or eight times yeah I mean I didn't hate it I just it's just not one that I went back to yeah so that's Wild Things from 1998 that'll be next week uh, and uh, so that'll be this is this is movie number 97 so next week will be 98. So the following week will be my pick, which will be 99. I don't know what it is yet, um, but I'll try and be gentle and not pick something like Howard the Duck. But then after that will be movie 100. So the 98th movie is from 1998? Holy shit. Yes, <laughs> <it is. laughs> yeah. That's fun. Yeah, that is fun. Well done. Um, and I know you didn't do that on purpose. So no. <laughs> no. But well done anyway. Um, and I can't pick one from 99 because that's out of my time limit. 99, so I'll have to, I don't know. I'll think of something else. It'll probably be from the 80s. Um, right, so that's all we have time for. If you'd like to follow me online, uh, fuck it, just go to the website, uk because Twitter, I'm thinking about leaving Twitter. I don't know. I might keep it open for the podcast, but yeah, and contact at shifttobest.co.uk is the website. Where can people follow you online, Jen? At Pilot Inspectors on Twitter. Yeah. I guess there's a Pilot Inspectors Instagram too, but even when we were doing the Pilot Inspectors podcast, at a certain point, I stopped doing posts there. It's all right, okay. Thank you all for listening, and we'll speak to you all next time. Goodbye. Bye.